People of the world, welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language, episode 283. Today, I'm going to be speaking on spirituality and entrepreneurship. No guests, no articles, just my thoughts on what is often perceived as a fairly ruthless form of humanity's need to put food on the table, raise children, etc. If we look at someone like Jeff Bezos with more money than he could possibly ever need, it begs the question, why does he keep that much? Now, many folks will do so for status, and anytime we make a decision regarding business, we are playing on multiple levels. So Warren Buffett, for example, gave the largest contribution ever to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, he just chose to do it at the end of his life. Good morning to Brad in chat. Thank you, sir, for joining us. And so I think there is a large incentive for the wealthiest among us to live their life, get towards the end of it and then give it away. I can't imagine it's easy to give away billions of dollars, uh, but then again, having it, I feel, must weigh heavily on the spirit, knowing um, the good work you could do. Now, it is fairly standard for the richest among us to open up philanthropic arms, etc. But I'm not here today to talk about billionaires in specific. I'm more interested in talking about you I don't believe it's a coincidence that you are currently listening to this. Now, if I were looking you in the eye right now and talking to you, I really don't see much of a difference. So you may be in your car, you may be clicking around Facebook or some other social media sites, going through your email. The point remains, which is the interconnectedness of humanity is such that if you are to succeed in your entrepreneurial endeavors, you have to resonate in some way with another human being. Now, humanity has long been arguing over who deserves the money. <laughs> It's kind of what we do. And for many of us, the closest we get to magic or power um, comes through this conduit uh, that we like to hold. Um, but now more uh, than ever, we have to click to access. When I transfer funds um, in my bank account, I can't help but feel the 
tenuous relationship we have with money because it's just a click. It's just the slightest little motion of my index finger transfers vast wealth. So this being the case, we can't take it with us. The old cliche, we get older, we provide for our families, we do the best we can. And if we are able to find or walk on the path long enough, society looks at us and they go, ah, you're successful. You have all of the trappings of success. I mean, you could have a plane, you could do the private jet thing, you could have a limo, you could, you could do these things, the Cadillac, the, the Benz, the BMW, you could have all these things. The question remains always, what was the price you paid for that? Um, time away from children, work-life balance, etc. And so the spirituality of entrepreneurship for many simply pushes them into communism. They go, look, it's corrupt top to bottom. It's human nature that people are going to behave in this way, that when they have it, they're going to keep it. Um, and so we need to distribute it in a better way. That's one channel. Another channel is the only thing that will ever drive animals is desire, the desire for a home, the desire for the nice things, a desire for medicine and food, etc. And so these two forces are constantly mixing and playing in different cultures throughout the world. And at certain times they, they push into what we would consider extremes. And I always see these forces as the left foot and right foot of one body, which is to say you can call a country wildly socialist or wildly right wing. And I just, I see their steps through time, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, because it is very uncommon for a country to remain a certain way for a long period of time. It, it will step to the left heavily and then move to the right. And so for momentum, forward momentum, through a holistic understanding of progress over time could be considered a spiritual perspective. And I know that that word is loaded, but I'm going to use it anyway. So your business, just like a country, your entrepreneurial idea, you can behave in such a way that you just give and give and give, um, which is a very loving sort of hippie, you know, commune sort of vibe. Um, clearly, the company can implode this way um, because there isn't enough money. You just, you just give it away. You give it away too fast. And then, of course, you can run a company where folks don't make enough to survive, you know, 
um, and make the argument that, well, we could just automate you away with machines, which we're going to do anyway. Um, or that no adult should have this job. This is a job for teenagers. Um, have you seen the mansion that the owner of Papa John's lives in? I mean, vast wealth on cheese and bread and tomatoes. So I definitely don't buy into the argument that the richer you are, the more down the spiritual path you have walked. But we do tend to praise and worship um, a lot of these people. And in Bo Burnham's recent Inside, not documentary, I guess it's technically a comedy show, but it's way deeper than that. It's one of the best pieces of art I've ever seen. He does a song about Jeff Bezos and it's a satire, but the general premise is that, you know, we're worshiping Jeff Bezos, basically. Like, you did it. You won capitalism. <laughs> Just so wild. When it comes to my life and my experience, I find that spirituality, you could call it morality, psychology, sociology, as it pertains to the people around me, is often described as morale. This is the word we use. We go, okay, we can't talk about religion. We can't talk about, we shouldn't talk about politics, but we still need to appreciate one another. We're doing it in the under the umbrella of a business. So there's a certain cultural norm in the way we, we express ourselves and we call it morale. We say, how's company morale? The buzzword nowadays is company culture. We'll say, you know, the company culture really matters. And I find that so interesting because whether or not you believe in a soul, suppose for a moment that there is a soul and it's extra dimensional and that it, you know, it's like playing a video game. You know, you're not going to find the player of that video game within the game itself. Just bear with me and, and just suppose that's true for a moment. Then on some channel of consciousness, you are traveling with these other beings through the cosmos. And in this, this isn't even up for debate. I mean, we are flying around the black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. It's a wild trip we're on. And you are with these other beings and you are a team and you could easily just chalk it up to coincidence or just the randomness of the universe. It's one way of looking at it. And that's true. The other way is a much more profound sort of, for lack of a better word, um, I want to pull on the Hindu tradition and take this concept of the avatar. So in, in the Hindu tradition, there's Vishnu. And Vishnu has a bunch of avatars. Uh, Krishna, uh, I want to say Rama, are both avatars of Vishnu. And apparently there's this next one coming named Kalki. And if we look at the people that we surround ourselves with, loved ones, but in the context of this show, um, the people we work with. 
And we look at them with the same sort of reverence that we would Jeff Bezos, for example. Let's put it in those terms. Let's put it in business terms. If you're Hindu, I would say, look at them like you're looking at Krishna. If you're Christian, I would say, look at them like you're looking at Christ. Um, Islam, Muhammad, etc. Uh, the Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama. So if we if we look and we we see this sort of um, incredible, I don't know if purity is the word, but it's it's sort of it's it's taking away that this sort of like in the military, for example, you have all of these ranks and everyone kind of they play their role um, within the hierarchy, but but they are equal souls is the point I'm trying to make. And if you don't buy into the soul game, that's fine. We'll, we'll switch the channel and just say, um, we're all human beings and we all have an equal worth. Um, and so our, our culture is set up in such a way that Jeff Bezos, you know, um, Mike Tyson, you know, because we're a capitalistic society, um, our companies operate in very similar ways. And so all of this sort of, I'm saying to get you to really, really dive deep when it comes to growing your company and reflect on, on the deepest possible levels, the people that you are fulfilling your life's ambitions with. So many of these, these folks who achieve great success, we'll, we'll talk about the people that, that help them do it. And they become the face, they become the voice. And again, that's kind of how our culture works. Someone, I mean, I'm doing it right now. Um, someone will step out in front um, and they will, they'll be the voice. I'm reminded of a lecture that Ram Das gave. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago. Check out his stuff if you haven't ever heard of Ram Das. He wrote a very, very uh, culturally influential book, Be Here Now. He was sitting with Alan Watts, um, a contemporary of his, who is also very well known. Uh, YouTube him as well if you don't know him. And Alan wouldn't shut up. <laughs> They were all hanging out socially and, and Ram Dass, former, you know, uh, Harvard professor, lecturer, smart guy, you know, he, uh, he talks for a living. He, uh, I apologize on, on the phone. Um, he, he can talk and here Alan Watts is just the mouthpiece. And at one point Ram Dass realizes, you know what, I, this anxiety I'm feeling about, not getting to talk. I need to let it go. Because right now, all of us in this room, we're all just one social body. We're all interconnected. And he's just serving as the mouthpiece for now. He's just serving as the mouthpiece for now. And so right now, as you listen to these words, that's it. This is my, this is your voice coming to you through a roundabout way. <laughs> <laughs> and as you nod along with what I'm saying, 
you'll realize that there is nothing I can say that you don't already know. You know that that TikTok is where you need to be <laughs> right now if you want to grow an audience and you're serious about it. You know that Facebook has too much power. They have too much power. Um, you know that governments are going to be regulating social media like crazy, that politicians are going to be hired and fired over this stuff. You know that privacy is dead. You know that if you were to truly and authentically, authentically express your voice on these mediums, um, you would find an audience. Whether you're a plumber, an electrician, an attorney. One of our clients recently sat down with one of our employees um, and did a training. And he got over a thousand likes on his Instagram post about a desert roof tile falling off and injuring one of his clients. And he has always been sort of a spiritual force. Um, and it is unsurprising to me that he was able to achieve the level of uh, viewership so quickly. Um, so it just goes to show that if you are at any level of the game in love with what you do, if you are able to take a look at your life and go, you know what? It's so much more than just my profession. It's my desire to alleviate suffering that is driving me forward. Then you will find the path. And it's not necessarily a how many people love me end result. This is the Jeff Bezos problem, which is we will worship the people who um, have the largest followings. We'll say, ah, it's, it's what they're doing. This, this is the path. This is the way. It's obviously not. You could have a very small number of people that are listening and appreciating what you're saying. Um, and the ripple effects um, can be profound, profound. So it all starts with, I would argue, a surrender to what I would refer to as spirituality. You can call it morality. You can call it positive thinking. Um, and understanding that as you move through the path of entrepreneurship, there is this quality of spirit, of ethics that is not fully appreciated. Especially when people look at corporations and businesses from the outside. A good example of this would be take the difference between say like a, uh, what's that shoe company where they, uh, I think it's Tom's where they will, uh, you buy a pair of shoes, they donate it. So that's a company that just on its face is like, Oh, please love us. Please love us forever. <laughs> and then 
there's a good chance people are going to hate me for saying this, but uh, let's talk about oil companies. Oil companies will provide transportation for you and your family. And one of the best martial arts teachers I ever had in my entire life, Ted Fitzsimmons, could not make a living from his martial arts school alone. And he worked at the Mandan Refinery. And the people at the refinery are people too. I'm not talking about the CEO. I'm not talking about the people who make the decisions that destroy the wildlife per se. What I'm talking about is this man who had a profound impact on my life. Um, working at the refinery, um, providing this service. So even to the extent that there are the two sides to every business and we should continue to critique, um, there is just the finest degree of subtlety required to fully appreciate just what's happening right now in our culture, in the world. We, we are literally living at the dawn of artificial intelligence and the internet. The power of, of the individual has gone way up. Um, individuals can destroy businesses with reviews. Um, we are able to film the powerful now. Uh, phones have given just the average person incredible power. I mean, if someone is attacking you, for example, you take out your phone, you take a couple pictures, you got video going, you have enough time to hit the live button and it's literally live broadcasting. Incredible, truly incredible. So the energy of the mind is some of the finest energy out there because it's light you know, it's synapses firing. I mean, that's a very fine energy. And to play in that space, you to put it another way, thinking, <laughs> understanding the correlation between the breath and thought, and then finding compassion while still visualizing and being able to empathize is almost impossible to do well, it seems. It's, it's very, very uh, interesting is what it is. And for those of you that, that lead, you know how this is. For those of you that follow, you know that how this is. You have to, you have to play the role. So to the extent that this will impact your life, just know that if you can, from time to time, see your job as a spiritual endeavor, as the unfolding of your karma, then you may be able to just add one more channel of consciousness and that may serve you because you're not just putting a jalapeno on bread. <laughs> you are you are learning an incredibly valuable life lesson. I mean, I had jobs where I made no money and just got rejected over and over again, sales jobs, call jobs, teaching jobs. And looking back on it, it could not have been a more spiritual endeavor. It could not have been more perfect 
to lead me to where I am. And so you could say dissociating yourself in the moment and seeing the bigger picture, just panning out and looking at your life and looking at who you are doing the thing that you're doing in that moment as part of just this epic quest that is your life is important. And if you, and if you do well, hopefully you can provide an environment where other people get to improves, not the right word, but get to walk down a very, very interesting and beautiful path.